1: welcome back to the final four is not on the schedule he is rod i am cameron Uh, and we are back uh, on this christmas day to cover michigan state uh, falling to wisconsin 85 to 876 Uh, michigan state comes out of this one they keep it pretty close all the way through the first half, mostly kind of counter-punching Wisconsin. Uh, but they did uh, go into halftime with a tie, 42. Uh, and then they come out and they get it, stretch it out to uh, a nine-point lead. I think maybe even 11-point lead. At, it at was nine, point. Nine, nine. Nine
2: was the peak, yep.
1: Uh, and then Wisconsin just kind of battles back, and Demetri Trice – uh, sort of did what most people have watched Cassius Winston do to teams for the last couple of years, <laughs> just hit some threes. Uh, did not get closed out on very well. Uh, and Rob, they just it looked like the more experienced team just took this one over and won in crunch They
2: they were exactly what we talked them up to be. I thought, and and here's the thing. When Wisconsin teams over this generation, this Bo Ryan, Greg Gard generation, which is a run that stretches about 19 years now, um, when they are this experienced, or the, and this is probably the most experienced team they've ever had during that period. I I can't imagine there would be one that was more. Yeah. Uh, but there have been ones that have been close to this, and. Typically, what you see from them is exactly what we saw today. They aren't a perfect team, and and I still believe that ultimately, even though I picked them to win the Big Ten, and I've seen nothing to make me change my mind about that. I've seen everybody play multiple times this season. Wisconsin is the best team in the Big Ten right now, and I think they will win the most games.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But they do not have the upside that, a couple of other teams in the league have now. um, Will that matter? I don't know. Um, They could get a favorable draw. That could get them far. Those teams I'm talking about, one of them being Michigan state that I believe do have higher ceilings, um, may not be able to reach their potential with Michigan state. That's very much an open question right now until the defense gets addressed. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I think it is a vintage Wisconsin team in that they are tailor-made to just win these kind of games, regular season games in the big 10, because what they do is exactly what you saw today. When you make mistakes, they punish you. Their seniors do not miss opportunities to turn mistakes you make into points. Um, They tend to seek out, to find, and exploit mismatches. Now, I'll give you an example. I thought that Foster Lawyer played a pretty good game today
0: Mm -hmm.
2: overall. But there was a segment in the second half where Wisconsin did what they've done off and on for the last 19 years, and that's play inverted offense where the hosting guards, they had guards that Foster just simply, Trevor, who's not a huge guy, but he's probably got about four inches on Foster. Um, Foster couldn't handle him yeah. in post. They just backed him down. And the thing is, Wisconsin's guards know how to play with their backs to the basket. It is something that they teach. They don't use it as much as they used to in the early Bo Ryan era, but they still use it a lot. And you see it. You saw it all game long. All their guards can post. Brad Davison hit a hit a post-up fadeaway on, to remember, it might have even been Henry. I think it was Henry. Some, somebody who guarded him well and kid just hit a post-up fadeaway. Anderson did damage in the post. Um, Johnny Davis coming off the bench did. I mean, they teach their guards how to do that. And so they found, with Foster on the floor, They found that mismatch and they went to it repeatedly until MSU had to take him off the court. And Foster was playing pretty well, Mm -hmm. but they couldn't play him at that point because it was just, Wisconsin was just going to relentlessly punish him. So that's what they do. And, you know, we saw that start, which was bizarre from them, where they had three or four turnovers in the first three minutes. And then, what was it? Maybe another four the rest of the game? Yeah. They didn't make many mistakes. Um, They don't give up a ton on the offensive glass. And they will make you pay, generally speaking, for the mistakes that you make. That's what an experienced Wisconsin team looks like. And that's what we saw. I just thought it was a... It was a very methodical performance from them, and I don't mean that to be pejorative in the slightest.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean it to be a compliment. I think they just go about their business and and look to get what they want to get, and keep doing it over and over and over with precision, and figure that eventually, you know, we talked about it in the pregame, right? You have to be poised. For the entirety of a shot clock and for 40 minutes of a game, you can't let your guard down. Michigan State, I, I don't know how you felt. I felt, and I'm not saying they played a perfect game by any stretch, but for most of that game, Michigan State played reasonably well. Well enough to beat most teams.
1: Yeah, yeah. Particularly offensively.
2: Well. Yeah. But. There were stretches. There were a couple of stretches in this game where there would be multiple possessions where Michigan State was either turning the ball over or missing shots, and Wisconsin would get on a roll, and that was ball game. That's all it took. Yeah, it was just those little ninety-second, two-minute fog outs that turned the game. And and that's when Wisconsin's really good. That's always been the way it's been against them. Where they they play in such a way that you cannot afford to have those two minute stretches where you're garbage, because mm. that, that's all they need to push it out. Now this was a different kind of game than the classic Wisconsin games because the scoring was where it was, you know. But but a lot of that had to do with just really really high efficiency basketball in terms of shooting from both teams. I and mean, both teams shot it very very
1: well. Yeah. Um, fifty-two percent for Wisconsin, forty-seven for Michigan State.
2: Yeah, Michigan State's percentage got ratcheted down late. They yeah. were plus fifty most of the game as well, uh, and and from three they were incredible. I think they were eight for eleven.
0: Yeah,
2: and, and Wisconsin was their usual, you know, forty-some percent. So I, I don't know I, the way. I, the way I feel, it, it's funny, and Izzo's Izzo's post-game comments seem to mirror my feelings. I wasn't sure. If I was if I was maybe sugarcoating this, but then I saw his comments afterward. No, he's seeing it the same way I did. He didn't seem furious. This was a repeat of Sunday night. You know, mm-hmm. Sunday night, Michigan State played badly with substandard effort, substandard focus. I thought tonight, in a lot of ways, they were back on the beam. Not in every way you need to be to beat a team that is humming the way Wisconsin is right now. But it was progress. and I, I think I had said in our, in our preview, if Michigan State played well, I can live with the result because right now that's what matters is that they played better. They didn't play you know an A game, but they played better. Yeah they showed improvement at both ends. Believe it or not. I mean, I know people want to believe that the defense is you know, irredeemably broken. There were some signs we'll, we'll hit on them. That I think it, there was progress made. Not enough if your goal is to win championships, but there was progress. And, and offensively, obviously, there was huge progress. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes, they shot the ball better, but that wasn't it. I thought particularly the first half, the emphasis on post play was fantastic. Best it's been all year.
1: Yeah. They, yeah. You know, right out of the gate, uh, Kithier looked fantastic. And I think he played a great game. And, uh, yeah, foul, and, and he just fans. kept getting fouled. And he had to sit down yeah. for a little while. Just, you just wish, you know, he had 18 minutes. You just wish maybe he could have been out there
2: a little the, bit the longer. Pro- the problem with Thomas is twofold. You know, one, physically, he's in mismatches often because he's playing the five usually. Mm-hmm. And that puts him in a mismatch physically a lot. You know, today, definitely the case, particularly he was guarding Potter stretches and and that kid's just too big for him to handle the other thing is thomas doesn't have the rep some other guys have so i think he occasionally does not get the, the doubt yeah call some of the stuff that gets called against him i i think is debatable but hey this is life that's, that's what happens in the big Ten.
1: he's having to fight his ass off to try to front some of these guys you exactly. know and knock them off their spots so that was where he picks up a lot of them but Right. And he,
2: exactly. It's, it's not on ball fouls. It's off ball fouls. It's fighting for position. You're exactly right. And, and some of that is because he's at a physical disadvantage. And some of it is, I think he just doesn't get breaks because he doesn't have, um, the rep that, you know, like last year, officials would give a benefit of the doubt sometimes to Xavier Tillman, right? Because he's a great defender, and he's a guy we all know is a top-tier player. Yeah. Well, Thomas doesn't have that rep, and that's, that's not complaining. That's just reality. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just how it is in the big That's That's how it's going to go. So oh. um, I agree with you. The fouls are, are problematic, but overall, man, if you watch this game and you don't understand why Thomas Kithier continues to get minutes, I, I can't help you because despite the fouls, I thought he was pretty damn good defensively.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And offensively, it was the Thomas Kithier kind of standard-issue game when he's got it going well. He, if I know there's a certain segment of the fan base that thinks that Thomas Kithier being wide open is just happenstance. He's lucky, I guess. Must be their theory. Mm-hmm that teams aren't guarding that's that's not how it is <laughs> you get in those positions because you understand how to move and you understand when a defense is presenting an opportunity like that and you move yourself into position where you are open near the rim he has done that his whole career at michigan state and he did it a few times today yeah i thought he played i thought he played very well let's put it this way he did absolutely nothing to lose playing time at the five
1: yeah, the one play that sticks out in my head is he had they passed it down to him in the post, and it was kind of like a little bit of an awkward catch, and it it wasn't looking too good. So we passed it right back out to Rocket Watts, but then immediately followed up right back to him with the screen, split a screen for a six, a, just a split second, and then slipped, and yep. Rocket found him and he wide open layup. I mean, that's I think what I'm talking most about. Most guys after they couldn't, you know, had to sort of relinquish that position in the post and give it back. Would have maybe just played off a little bit and let it swing around, but he just went yeah. right for the pick and it get, got him an open shot. And,
2: and the and the fact is, he was a little more aggressive today and looking to score, which is where he needed to make improvement. Yeah. He had been of late, I think, too passive, where he was he was looking he was looking to you know hot potato it. Mm-hmm. And he's a good passer, and that's a part of his game that that he needs to continue to exploit but not to the detriment of his own being a scoring threat, you know. Um, So I thought today he walked that line pretty well.
1: Uh, And then Joey Hauser um, offensively had almost a perfect offensive rating, 27 points, seven rebounds, two assists, seven for nine from the floor, three for three from the three-point line, 10 for 11 from the line.
2: Yeah, he was great. I mean, that's that's first-team all Big Ten stuff, you know. Um, and, and he carried Michigan state at times offensively in the, in the second half when, when it kind of got bogged down a little bit, I thought they had better balance in the first half, but in the second half, it was, it was the Joey show for, for long stretches. And yeah, he was really good. And that's a, that's a good front court combination. He was playing against those guys didn't have a clue Mm -hmm. of how to deal with him. Um, you know, it was good to see him back. He was wearing a brace after that knee scare against Northwestern, but, um, he looked good to me. And, and I thought defensively he was fine. You know, he's not, to me, the, the hard part with Michigan State's defense is I put most of the blame right now on the perimeter guys in part because it's obvious and in part because I had such high expectations for them as a group. That said, I don't, I think those who say Michigan State's really missing Xavier Tillman as, as kind of a defensive quarterback and a guy who could cover up teammates' mistakes, mm-hmm. they've certainly got a point. But nobody, Joey, Kithier, Hall, whomever, nobody has emerged yet as that kind of defensive presence. But I thought Joey was all right defensively. You know, look, Wisconsin's big men. Have been really, really good this year, and and uh, was really good late when they needed him, but he didn't have the kind of game you expected. Potter hit a couple threes early, but then didn't you know didn't do very much. wasn't even yeah. on the floor that much for longer stretches. So I thought Michigan State's post guys were okay at that end, and Hauser was part of that. But offensively, yeah, he was great, just dialed in.
1: Uh, and said... Langford, 30 minutes, eight points, two rebounds, two assists. Uh, But those rebounds were huge offensive rebounds. They they
2: were, but, you know, that one late, that was a big play where, you know, you miss a shot, Josh gets an offensive rebound, he's right at the rim, you think he got an easy two points. And we talked about it in the preview, right, that this Wisconsin team has a shot-blocking presence they've never had. mm Mm-hmm. And it's most, it's not entirely Reavers, but he's the main guy. Well, Reavers had a couple big shot blocks in the second half, and that was one of them where he just erased what should have been a putback from Josh. I, I, you know, with Josh, I'll tell you, offensively, I thought he was okay. Those offensive rebounds were nice. Defensively, he was a mess. There, I think a big segment in the game was when MSU had Watts off the floor, and and Henry off the floor as well, and they had Josh guarding Demetrik Trice. And that's when Demetrik Trice really got cooking. He had a good first half, but he was sensational. I think he had, what did he end up with, 28 points or 27? 29. 29. And I want to say, like, 22 of them came in the second half. The lion's share came in the second half. I thought he just obliterated Josh. It was a very, very poor game from Josh Langford. Mm-hmm. And this has been a few now. You know, Watts and Henry we've been talking about a lot, but Josh has been pretty bad too. And today it was noticeable. Whereas those other two guys I think were at least better than they were against Northwestern. Josh was even worse.
1: Yep. Yeah the closeouts on Trice. Oh and then and then talk. right after Trice had hit a few and, and Langford was sort of had to back pedal Trice blew by him, so it just kind of yeah
2: you know the the biggest complaint I've got right now with MSU defensively with that perimeter group is that they are off balance and and all that I mean by that there's lots of different ways you can describe what I'm talking about you say they're not in a stance so you know what what I mean is is that you are set defensively physically in terms of your balance that you're not leaning one way or another and therefore you are not as vulnerable to somebody just attacking you Mm. one direction or the other right now Michigan State's defensive balance in that perimeter group is all over the place and they're getting punished for it you know we I know there's another thing we talked about in the preview I do feel we did a pretty good job of getting this thing right coming in because a lot of the things we talked about showed up Mm. one of them was you know we said Wisconsin's not a huge dribble drive team typically but I wouldn't be surprised if Greg Gard had looked at the tape, from Michigan State, and said, "Hey, we've got to find a way to test this at least." Well, they sure did. I mean, especially in the second half. I didn't think they did as much damage in the first half that way, but in the second half, Demetric Trice was just frying them. Mm-hmm. And Ford and it was was,
1: it was getting by. He on did a the good job. Too. He did a good
2: job too, lean Ford. Yeah, taking guys taking guys off the dribble as well, and then using his body at the rim to create space and finish. Yeah, but but Trice was the one that really bothered me, and a lot of it came against Josh. Not all of it, but a lot of it. It it was not good. In fact, that's one of the, I'll cut to a small positive. The way MSU got Trice kind of at least semi-contained is they brought Henry back in the game, and they put him on him. Mm. And Aaron answered the call. After an uncharacteristically bad defensive game from him against Northwestern, I thought Aaron was decent today. You know, and now, unfortunately for Michigan State, at that point, Reavers got going and yeah. it didn't matter. But, um, but that's how they finally shut down trice because Langford wasn't doing it.
1: Yeah. So what, what, what else did you have to say about Henry? 31 minutes, 12.6 rebounds, three assists, um, but seven, seven, turnovers. Turnovers.
2: seven turnovers, seven turnovers, seven turnovers and and trouble finishing makeable shots at the rim, which occasionally is a problem for him. Um, I thought this was a game... You know, our big complaint over his career has been that Aaron too often has been content to just kind of fit in and not assert himself, right? Mm. This year, he's been more consistently assertive, which is good. The problem is... The efficiency has not been there consistently, and today was a day where I thought. And and again, I don't. I'm just calling it as I see it. I thought overall he hurt Michigan State. He didn't help him, and he made some plays, but he left a lot of plays out there. And he was one of those guys. Remember at the outset of this, I talked about against a team that's executing at the level of Wisconsin is. You can have a bad two minute stretch that just kills you. It undoes, you know, ten minutes of good work. Because you get into a two minute stretch where you force a couple shots and you have a turnover and they just pound you. They hit a couple threes and they get a layup and, and all of a sudden it's an eight oh 0 run in the in the blink of an eye, relatively speaking. I thought Aaron Henry contributed negatively to to some of that today for Michigan State. In the second half, when the game was kinda in the balance. And, you know, the lead was changing hands back and forth. There was a stretch, and I forget exactly where it came, but it was definitely in the latter 10 minutes um, where Aaron missed a shot at the rim. He had a couple of bad turnovers, and Wisconsin just punished MSU every every one of those mistakes. Mm -hmm. So not a good game from Aaron Henry. They need him to be aggressive. So my reaction to it is not, hey, Aaron, you got to back off next time out. No, he's just got to play better. He's got to finish. And I understand Wisconsin's big. They can test you at the rim. It's not easy. But he's just got to finish plays at the basket better than he was today. He Mm. has to. Those are makeable shots. You know? Um, And the turnovers, Jesus, you, you can't have it.
1: Yeah, and they did get him in the post once, uh, and he he made the shot. And, and he also, tried to he get also him-
2: missed one. He also missed one in the yeah. second half. I remember, but but yeah, well, that was part of again. I thought Michigan State, particularly in the first half, did a really good job of getting the ball inside. And frankly, I was surprised by it. Um, I think in this game and I I need to rewatch it and I'm not inclined to do that. To know for sure, but I felt like Wisconsin was extending their defense more than they usually do. Because Michigan State only attempted 11 threes as a team, I think, and they hit 8 of them. Yeah. But they only put up 11 shots. They were not getting opportunities. Wisconsin was really taking that away conversely though i thought michigan state got a lot more done in the paint than i would have expected we we that was one thing we didn't get right necessarily Mm -hmm. you know we talked about the pack line and how and wisconsin's been really good against twos and and that's what they do is they they try to make that paint area congested I, i thought that they michigan state got a lot done in that game on the blocks you know no no one guy was dominant i mean hauser did some good things there but other than that it was you know kithier with some hall did some damage marble scored some you know they had a number of guys henry as you said had some they had a number of guys contribute to it but overall it was really it was really well done by msu mm. and and a welcome sight because it needs to be more consistent as a part of michigan state's attack
1: uh, so then, uh, Rocket Watts. Uh, we, uh, we had him in, in the keys. So maybe like ah, you know, I think this minutes. falls.
2: Yeah, I don't know about you. To me, this falls between good Rocket and bad Rocket because I think the playmaking was really good. He had that play in transition to Hauser yeah. with a bounce pass. You know, and Jimmy Jackson was doing the color today, and he made a comment that, you know, yeah, hey, you just make the simple pass. That was not a simple pass mm-hmm. at all. That was in transition, it was pinpoint, a tough catch. Now's got pretty good hands, but that's a tough catch unless you make it easier. And he mm-hmm. made it easier with that pass. That was to me, that was a highlight reel kind of play mm-hmm. in transition. It wasn't simple. Um I thought he was pretty good in that way. The shooting percentage overall was not there. He he's an. He got his shot blocked at the rim once or twice. You know, missed some floaters. Um, so you'd like that to be better. He did hit a three. Um, I thought defensively he was not high level, but I thought he was better than he's been lately. Mm. You know. Trice was not doing the majority, a lot of Trice's damage came against other guys. It didn't, it didn't all come against Rocket Watts. I thought he was better. Not where he needs to be. He still needs to continue to make a lot of improvement. But if we're looking at, I think this is one of the reasons why Izzo, if I had to guess, why Izzo was maybe not as angry as some people might have thought he should have been. It's because he saw those signs of progress in guys like Watts and Henry on the defensive end. And he knows that while they're not where they need to be to win championships, they got better today. And I do think Rocket got better. So I look at it and I think, okay, playmaking was pretty damn good. Defense was solid-ish. Shooting was not great. That kind of falls into a C-plus, B-minus range for me. You know, I, I guess we could look at it the other way and say Michigan State did lose the game. So, does that further buttress the idea that they need a high-level Rocket Watts to beat really good teams? Maybe it does. And maybe he still fall, fell short today in that regard. But I, I I don't think he played a bad game. I just don't think he played a great game.
1: Uh, and then Gabe had 19 minutes, not much production, just two points, a rebound. A One great points. play. Yeah.
2: One great play, an offensive rebound and a putback, which you just – you're praying to see from him, um, and then nothing. I think he missed he missed one jumper kind of early in the second half, which was a good shot and it just rattled in and out. But he just didn't get a lot of looks. Um, yeah, not much of an impact from Gabe, and that's unfortunate. They need they need more from him.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Malik Hall, sixteen minutes, five points, two rebounds, two assists, two for four, and hit a three.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I I don't know. Maybe he got that play we were just talking about, the one that Brown made he, with an inadvertent elbow, caught Malik. And and I don't think after that, I, I don't know whether it was – well, no, I guess the three came after that, so that's not fair to say. The three came in the second half. I don't know. Malik, I, I just didn't think he was quite as engaged as he usually is. He was okay. I didn't notice any, you know, there weren't any big blown tires defensively. And, and you know, he, he did contribute a little bit, but he's seen better days. I think the other thing is Kithier played a little more than he normally does because he was going well. Hmm. So that led to maybe a few, some fewer minutes for, for Malik.
1: Uh, and then Foster, you'd mentioned that he did get blown up a couple times in the post, but uh, five points, um, five assists hit all of his shots. Um, hit a
2: three. I, you know, until that sequence, and I don't. I'm not soft pedaling that. That was a big sequence of of possessions because Wisconsin. That was when the game was kind of teetering there in the balance, and MSU was trying to fight back. I think it was when lead kept swinging between five and three for Wisconsin for a while, mm-hmm. and MSU was scoring, but they just couldn't get a stop. And and there were a couple possessions, I think, in a row or two out of three where they just posted and and beat Foster up inside. So I'm not soft-pedaling that. That was an issue. But up until that point, I thought Foster played pretty well. Yeah. Um, he hit the shots he took. He ran the offense well. Um, Hunt in there defensively didn't have major issues until that stuff happened. But then when it happened, it's like, all right, you can't play him now. Because Wisconsin's identified what they need to do. And if anything, maybe you could, you could go at Wisconsin for not realizing that sooner. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, when he's in the game and they've got guards who are comfortable doing that, which most teams aren't, but they've got guys who are comfortable playing with their back to the basket. Why not go at him and make him stop you? Um, and, and, uh, so yeah, that decent game for Foster, but just, um, that that end segment was was tough because there just really wasn't anything he could do, yeah. Physically, you know.
1: Uh, and then Marble, eleven eleven minutes, four points, three rebounds. Um, man, he missed. He did not close out on Potter though twice. Yep. With Potter there you with go. Two threes. It's that... uh,
2: defense, defense, defense. Yep, that is it. And uh, you know, Julius Marble has some game we've seen it and we saw it again today you know he hit some shots he's a guy who i think can be an effective rebounder but he's got to get better defensively he's got and and it wasn't it wasn't like he was totally blown up but when this is what i mean when i talk about wisconsin being a team that just punishes you if you take a second and a half vacation Meaning you're just that late, just that little bit late in recognizing what's happening and and just that little bit late closing, these guys have shooters that will punish you for that. They will hit those shots. That's exactly what happened. You're right. He was the guy who Potter took care of on those threes.
1: And then the only other thing is uh Bingham, six minutes, yeah. missed one shot, not much out of out of Mark. Uh, yeah, you know, there's there's a part of me that still
2: believes that there is a role for Marky to play in certain spots this season against certain opponents. But I also am becoming sympathetic to the idea that um, you might just not be able to get there. In other words they might just have to start giving those minutes to other guys. And and then, you know, by the time you get to, let's say, an Illinois game, um, you know, maybe Markey hasn't played enough.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I I just, he's not showing signs of getting it defensively. He's just not. He was, again, I thought he was another guy. He got kind of abused in this game defensively. And... You know, it's as simple as that. If he can't, if MSG, I don't worry about him at the offensive end. Some people get hung up on that stuff. That's not where it matters. It's if If he can't guard people, you know, then you can't play him. You just can't play him. And this game was a classic example of that, where Michigan State had problems were moments where you realized that guy can't guard the guy he's guarding. And you've got to get them off the floor at that point. You have to because a team like Wisconsin is then just gonna punish you for it. Yeah. They're smart enough and experienced enough to recognize it, and they're gonna to go to it and go to it and go to it. And that was the case with Markey. He just couldn't play him. So I think I think we're reaching, here's where I'm starting to get to. I think that Kithier, despite all the hue and cry about why isn't getting minutes, there are reasons why he's getting minutes, and you saw that today. And that's going to continue. I still like the Hauser-Hall combination, where Hauser plays five. And I think they're going to, out a necessity, they're going to go to that more. Marble's got to get better defensively, that's for sure. But I do think you're going to continue to give him some terms. Because the potential is there. And he's got to, he's just got to get better defensively. It just has to happen. Mm-hmm. And then his offense can start to have more of an impact. And then from there, do you continue to play Markey or do you decide that maybe it's better to give a five minute turn to Maddie Sissoko? I don't know. I mean I'm just if I'm raising the issue, I gotta think that's something that Michigan State's coaches are thinking about because Bingham's just not showing any progress. So when that's happening to a junior Maybe you say well, we got this other guy who does a, has a lot of the same strengths, but he's a freshman. Maybe and MSU's never been big on playing guys for investment purposes. Mm-hmm. That's not how Tom Izzo operates. You earn your minutes, but it won't surprise me if we hear that Matty Sissoko starts earning a turn
0: mm-hmm.
2: at some point. I don't know when that might be, but I I just I don't know. How do you feel? Do you have any faith in Bam at this point?
1: I, to me, it just looks like he's really slow out there. Uh, you well, know, it, and, and I agree, no speed. but I, I, and, and, you know, we
2: had this, I had this conversation on the Spartan Magboard just before we started recording. Um, I don't think Marcus Bainham is like a world beating athlete, but he's not slow for a guy at his position. Mm. He's not, but guys can look slow if they are not comfortable and confident in what they're being asked to do. My classic example of this, I always go back to, I can remember for about three years, a a large segment of internet fans, at least, would rail about the idea that Drew Namick was too unathletic to play in the Big Ten, even at center. And I I knew better. I knew that his... the whole reason Michigan State recruited him was because he could run the floor so well in high school at his size. Uh But there was some truth. Drew Namick early in his career was not confident in, in doing what he was being asked to do. And so when you are not confident, when you are not comfortable, your reaction time can be a beat or two slow. And that in turn has a way of making you look slow. Mm -hmm. If if that makes sense. This came up in relation to somebody saying, I don't know if maybe it's just me, but Wisconsin looks more athletic than they usually do. I don't think that's true, mostly because it's all the same guys they've been playing for the last few years. They haven't changed it. The only guy who's different really is Davis and he is more athletic, but he also didn't do a hell of a lot today. Mm -hmm. What's changed is that they are now so experienced, that they don't hesitate at all. So there's no wasted movement. There's no hesitation. They know what they're doing. They are confident in it. And they move and carry themselves and function accordingly. So there's no hesitation. Consequently, they look faster than maybe you think they are. Michigan State, somebody like Bainham, it's the other way around. Drew Namick was that way until it wasn't. And once he was confident, Oh, all of a sudden, this guy's flying. Well, he always had that athletic ability; he just didn't know that reaction time.
1: Yeah, that reminds me of that quote. D'Antonio said not too long ago, after um, you know, when he was with the defensive coordinator for uh, Ohio State, he said, "Well, when do we play our best? When we're fast. Well, when do we? When, uh, why? Why do sometimes we play fast and sometimes we don't? Well, we play fast when we know exactly what we're doing, right." Exactly. You know, and, yeah, and, and that's what I'm talking about. And that's what's confusing about Bingham is that there's, there's moments where you, you can recall and see it's just like he comes out of nowhere and dunks it, you know, or, or just like a, a put back dunk. There's times where he does look fast and agile. And then there's times yeah. where it seems like he's just jogging up the court and.
2: Well, and wow. some of that can be,
1: some of that can be effort related too.
2: So, I mean, we shouldn't omit that. But I, I do think most most of the times where, where Bingham looks that way, it's on the defensive end, in my opinion. And, and I, it's because I don't think he's confident in what he's being asked to do. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't. You know, some guys just don't have an aptitude for it. I mean, Marquise Gray is one of the best post-athletes those ever recruited he was as a run and jump guy in high school he was phenomenal that's why he was ranked like he was a top 30 guy yeah nationally he never had that kind of career and the reason for it is he never got comfortable enough in in what in MSU's defensive system especially um, to play in such a way that it allowed his athleticism to shine through mm-hmm it Some guys, it just doesn't click. And, you know, that's, I, I think we're now, you know, we're at a point where we're starting to get closer to the halfway point of his third year. You know, big guys, it's tough to know. The light can switch on when you least expect it. But right now, my feeling would be if you're going to look to shrink anybody's minutes, and it's not like, Mark, he's playing huge, huge minutes. But if you're going to say, well, he's been playing 11, maybe we give some of those 11 minutes to somebody else. I could understand it. Mm. I could.
1: Yeah. Well, when we turn to the keys, Rod, defense was our number one key. Um now they did shoot fifty two percent, forty two percent from three. Yeah, Um got to the line quite a bit. Most of that was at the end, but uh, yeah, 30. but they still had
2: Wisconsin still had an edge even before the free throw parade. Late, they had a little bit of an edge, mm-hmm. um, and that's not surprising. That's you know what that program is. I don't know. I'm of you know. I, I saw there were a lot of people on the on the Spartan Mag board who were. Still bemoaning the fact that, you know, the defensive effort was terrible. I don't think it was great. It would be really hard to make a case that it was great. I do think in some ways there were some signs of progress and I think I, I pointed out what those were. I think that Watts and Henry were a little better than they had been. Mm-hmm. Um, I think court guys were at least some of them. Not Mar you pointed out Marble and Bainham was bad too. But but Hall and Kithier and um Hauser were okay. Um now okay is not good enough at Michigan State, and they were not good enough to fa- they were good enough offensively to win this game, even with the turnovers. They were good enough. Um they weren't good enough to win this game defensively. But let's also keep in mind we're talking about being good enough to beat the team that i think is the best team in the big 10 hmm. which is the deepest conference in the country right so that doesn't the saying those things doesn't necessarily mean wow you are just a terrible defensive team i think this team has been playing poorly on the defensive end i think they got a little bit better today and you can't let Wisconsin shooting numbers obfuscate that truth because I do think it was true. I also think that's why you didn't see Izzo going ballistic because he knows that he knows this is a team that Wisconsin, that even if you're playing well defensively can, can get results, can hit shots. And they did. There were plays I'm, I'm thinking of, I mentioned that the Davison post up and fade away, there was a play in the second half where Malik Hall played really picture-perfect post-defense um, Ford. Yeah, yeah. And Jimmy Jackson called it out. He said, hey, that's great defense by Malik Hall. It was accurate. It was. He, he hung with him so he didn't get blown by. When Hall kind of went into his post move, he stayed big, didn't foul him was right there for the contest and the kid hit a tough shot. They did a lot of that too. You know, it wasn't all Michigan State just letting them score. You can't fall into that. There were, you got to give some credit to the other guys on occasion. Wisconsin hit some tough shots. They are a good enough team to do that. So if you're going to beat that team, yeah, you need to be really good defensively and Michigan State was not close to that today. But were they better than they've been? Were there signs of progress that hopefully are going to continue to accelerate? Yes, I believe that's true as well.
1: Mm. Uh, and then rebounding. You know,
2: marginally good for Michigan State. I think they out-rebounded them 9-6 on the offensive end. Yeah. Um, so a small edge. Uh, not enough to be a difference maker in the game, but not a disaster. They weren't bad rebounding wise. Mm-hmm. Um, just not, th- I, I, at this point, it's getting kind of hard to believe that this team is going to suddenly be, you know, the kind of dominant rebounding team that we've so often seen in East Lansing. I, I just don't think this group has that in them. So I think we just probably have to accept that. You know, if you have a slight edge on the boards, that's probably what it's going to be. Yeah.
1: Uh, and then turnovers. It looks like 6 to 14. Fourteen's about their average. But, man, they were, as they pointed out on the broadcast, in some pretty crucial, critical times. Yep.
2: Yeah, they, they came in bumps and they got punished for it. <laughs> you know, it seemed like every time. Seemed like every time Michigan State made a really boneheaded turnover or every time it took a bad shot, which there weren't a lot of, but when it happened, man, it just seemed relentlessly Wisconsin took advantage. Mm. And that's what the teams do. So yeah, not, not good enough in that it was the one thing offensively that they didn't do very well. Um, and it cost them. You know, we said between rebounding and turnovers, you got to find a way to be even. Well, they, they weren't. They were a little bit, when you put those two areas together, Michigan state was a little bit underwater and that's enough to cost you. Yeah. Uh,
1: and then fourth key was rocket.
2: Yeah. Like I say, I'm between, I'm between great some on him because there were things that he did well. And things that he did better than he's been doing, but then the shooting was just not there. Um, so he was okay.
1: Uh, and post-offense.
2: That's a plus. Yeah.
1: That's
2: a plus. I haven't looked at the stats to see what the final tally on points in the paint were, but I really don't care because I know what I saw. Particularly in the first half, Michigan State did a, made a concerted effort to get the ball on the blocks and they generally did good things with it. They met, early on. They missed some easy shots at the, or at least shots I thought they should have hit at the rim. So it could have even been better, hmm. but it was still pretty good. I was a sight for sore eyes. I was glad to see it. And you know, it probably isn't a coincidence that they also shot eight for 11 from three because when you play inside out, you generally, it's fun how that works you generally find ways to shoot the ball better from distance as well mm. because you're getting just a little bit better look.
1: Okay. Well, uh, it's a little scary to think that, that basically that entire starting lineup of Wisconsin could co- potentially come back next year. <laughs> I just, like 26, uh, I can't really? imagine.
2: I mean, think about Demetrik Trice. He's going to be 25. I mean, all of those guys would have reasonable aspirations of playing professionally somewhere. Now, I don't, I don't know that they've got an NBA player on the roster. Yeah, that's what's... Uh, but all of them certainly have the potential to play somewhere for money. And are they just going to kick the can on that for another <laughs> year? I, I don't know. You know, who knows? But... um I mean, with Dimitri Trice, Jesus, uh, think about that. If he would be a 25-year-old guy, playing, <laughs> I, I mean, it would obliterate all the, like, the old Jess Settles jokes. You know, they're all, oh, Jess Settles is in year 20, you know, there used to be these guys who maybe took a red shirt year and hunt around, but man, that would be, and they would be off the charts in that regard. Yeah, um, yeah. look, they're, they're a really good team. That does not surprise me. That they right now look, I think, pretty objectively to be the best team in the Big Ten also does not surprise me. But I'm also, I'll, I'll go this far. I am going to be surprised if we are talking in March and we don't conclude that there are at least one or two Big Ten teams that we think have better odds to go deep in March. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, which is also a very Wisconsin kind of thing. There were a lot of years under Bo Ryan where they would win the Big Ten, but they weren't the Big Ten team that went the furthest in March because, you know, they, they lacked for as good as this team is and they're good. They don't have, there's nobody out there for them that you look at and think, Demetric Trices performance notwithstanding. That you think in a Sweet 16 game or an Elite Eight game, that guy can just go make a play that nobody else on the floor can make when it matters. They mm-hmm. don't have that, and maybe Davis is that, but he's a freshman, and I don't think he's going to get the leash mm. to do that or be that. So I, I just I, I'm convinced that's how we're going to see it unfold, and maybe they'll prove me wrong, and they'll
1: go, you know, they'll make a hell of a run,
2: but. Um, that's what I think right now.
1: Well, next up uh, will be Minnesota on Monday. Big uh, game. Yeah. Big game. You don't want to get buried like no, Ohio State and Michigan did last year. You don't. You
2: don't. Exactly right. You don't want to be fighting from that kind of hole. And, you know, they got a couple games coming up here with Minnesota and Nebraska where, you know, I'm not saying they're going to be cakewalks, but it, it, You've got to win games. I mean, these are games you just have to get. So the good news is you're not going to Wisconsin again, by the way. I don't believe Michigan State goes to Madison. So they're done yeah. with Wisconsin now. So now you got to make some hay against these other teams. And, and that's going to be, you know, yeah, it's big. It's big and not a lot of time for turnaround. Mm-hmm. But I think there are positives. I really do think there are things you can take from this game that should help you that this team can walk away from this and say you know we did some things well today. We played the best like it or not, this is the best basketball game Michigan State's played since Duke.
1: Yeah. It is. Yeah, I agree. I I, I just I just felt like the, Wisconsin was just more experienced, you know, they just they were made and they the played like them, it. down the line. It, it right. It it unfolded exactly the way you would expect it to when you're saying
2: here's a team filled with fourth and fifth year guys who have been around the block nine or 10 times and they've seen everything and they're skilled and they're confident in what they're asked to do. It played out that way. Yeah. When push came to shove, they didn't will. And Michigan state made mistakes when push came to shove. All
1: right. Well, any final words?
2: No, I think that's enough. Okay. Merry Christmas to everybody. Wish yeah. we had, you know, a better result to talk about, but um, yeah, the sky's not falling either, so.
1: All right. Well, we'll get the preview up for Minnesota in the next few days. Until next time, the Final Four is not on the schedule. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early...